Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. This is the first live edition on YouTube, so if you're here, we appreciate it. Um, Before we get into the nitty-gritty of what we're here to talk about, I wanted to first uh, remind you guys to please like and subscribe to the Until Saturday feed on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're into this live thing and you're already here, we thank you. If you're not and you would be interested in seeing videos and when we go live this season, be sure to subscribe to the Until Saturday YouTube feed. The link to that page is in the show's description wherever you get your podcast. So here's why we're here on Sunday going live for the first time this season. Five-star safety, K.J. Bolden committed to Florida State last night. <laughs> you guys ready to get into it? Stars uh, matter, baby. Yeah, this is the Gatlin Bear uh, emergency episode. Yes, what does this mean I saw for the Boise Gatlin State? Bear to Boise State last there night. Were, Big one. There were some, some pretty big commitments, one to the ACC and one to Boise. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about either of the conferences. That, that would be funny if we just did a Stars Matter yeah. episode and we're just kind of completely <laughs> That's it. oblivious Didn't to even the talk rest about of the it. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, we're here to discuss in great detail um, the realignment situation. There's a lot to unpack here. And I brought two of my good buddies who were on the phones, you know, pumping out stories and, you know, doing the best work that they could reporting wise uh, to make sure that the athletic was on top of this. First off, we got Max Olson here, who I was on the road with last week. And I saw his phone buzzing. And I said before the show, and I'm going to say it again, it was like a Hanukkah miracle that it had enough juice to not die out on the road. Max, how are you? I was even sharing a phone charger with you. I mean, I don't know. We, yeah. we pulled it off somehow. Um, I'm good, bud. Good. Recharging for a couple of days here and then back on the road. And, uh, you know, I... it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like Friday was one of the most like monumental days you could probably say in like the modern era of college football. And, uh, I think, I think my, my, my kind of my head, head exploded a little bit that it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool being next to you when it did, but, uh, I know that you two, uh, along with Sam Khan, who's here with us, Sam, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Glad to be here on this Sunday. Yeah. You two, teamed up for a good story about the additions in the big 12. So how about this? I'll do what I'm an expert on and I'll tell you everybody what happened. And then you guys can tell us how we got there. Okay. Um, So first off the big 10 who came into the week, not wanting to be the reason why the PAC 12 uh, no longer exists, took uh, Oregon and Washington. um, And then of course, afterward, uh, Utah, Arizona and Arizona state uh, went to the big 12. Obviously there was a lot to, that predicated those decisions based on television deals, PAC 12 meetings, um, you know, weighing options, a lot of back and forth flipping and flopping of where things decided or, or seemed to be trending at the time. And, you know, I was getting real live updates from Max <laughs> while it was happening. Um, guys, just simply put, and, and I'll start with you, Max. Uh, how did we get here? I think, all right, let's start with the PAC 12 side of it. Um, we got here because ultimately, as much as everyone in that conference valued their allegiance to each other and the academic prestige and the brand of the Pac-12 and all those things, um, ultimately they could not get a TV deal that they thought was worthwhile. Um, this has been the thing we've been kind of talking about constantly for a year, really ever since USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. As soon as that happened, um, Pac-12 activated their efforts to, you know, go out and and get an early negotiation going on their TV deal. And this has dragged on and on and on. It seemed like in the spring, maybe it was getting close to a deal. Uh, It seemed like maybe going into media days um, in July, Pac-12 needed, you know, probably needed to have some resolution on a deal. Um, We we found out after the fact, it sounded like 
end of July ended up being the real deadline from the presidents after Colorado bailed. And uh, ultimately all that came together was an offer from Apple as, as Stuart Mandel reported mm-hmm. over the weekend, an offer from, from Apple that started at 23 million a year, um, which is really not close to what the Pac-12 was looking for or thought they were worth. And uh, that's an all streaming deal, essentially. I mean, maybe some of that stuff could have ended up on Fox or ESPN or whatever after the fact uh, they could have sold that off. But ultimately the TV deal was not good enough. And uh, this was, the, you know, George Klyovkov, had one job that was that, that is i mean i know the commissioner role is more complicated than that um but this is what you get judged by um in this day and age and the deal wasn't good enough and ultimately oregon and washington were able to get the the big 10 to take them and that that itself is is surprising to me but that happened and the rest bailed um and so you're left with you know four schools left in the pac-12 and uh, what the future is for the Pac-12, I, I genuinely do not know. I think that's it's day to day at this point in terms of what their makeup is going to be past 2024. But um, ultimately, Pac-12 either wasn't worth what they thought they were worth or the process was just absolutely botched in terms of uh, finding a way to negotiate something that uh, could keep this league together. Yeah, when they were you know, in Stuart Mandel's story, he reported that there were some incentive-based, you know, financial compensation uh, situations there where if they got to a certain number of subscribers, they could equal or, or even eclipse what the Big 12 was getting. But it was 5 million subscribers, if I remember correctly. And um, as they, you pointed they, they out, it 5 seem- million subscribers to basically like a, a Pac-12 league pass type of thing, right? If, if, if you could get 5 million subscribers on that, that'd get you like to 50 million. Like that was kind of the big, like, this is how we can catch up to – the SEC and the and, and the Big Ten is to, to pull off something like that. And then, yeah, if you get to 1.7 million subscribers on this product, and I don't know what the price point on it would have been, but if you can get that, then then you've got Big 12 money. So, um, ironically, the I mean, it looks like Oregon and Washington are not even really going to take that much more than the Big 12 schools are going to get to go into the Big Ten just to be in the Big Ten and, and have the future earnings and stuff. Yep. So yep. those schools ultimately, the, the, the schools that are leaving, the six that are leaving out of the 10 were worth 30 to $35 million to ESPN and, and Fox and all them. And so um, it does raise the question, how could you not – how could the Pac-12 not get a deal for $30 million per school um, over the course of the past year? Yeah. And, Sam, after this went down, and I think that the – it seemed like the big 12 was going to be the aggressor here and maybe cast the first stone and, you know, capitalize off what they did with Colorado last week and just get Arizona and Arizona state and maybe Utah first. Uh, But after the TV deal didn't come through or the numbers didn't make sense. And, you know, the big 10 found a a pretty good deal on adding those two big brands from the PAC 12. Uh, How did the big 12 respond? And and what does this mean now for, for that conference as Brett Yormark and, and the boys down there try to kind of legitimize the big 12's future? Yeah, it's huge. It, it stabilizes the Big 12 and fortifies it even more than it already was. Uh, you got to give Brett Yormark and the Big 12 leadership a ton of credit for the way they've been able to really bring this conference back from the brink. First, it started in 2021 because they were in this same vulnerable position two years ago when Texas and OU left. We all wondered whether or not the Big 12 would fall apart and whether their schools would defect to other conferences. Once upon a time, Bob Bowlesby, the former commissioner, went and met with George Klyovkov to ask if they were interested in a potential merger. And the Pac-12 had a chance to add some Big 12 schools then if they wanted to. And there are certainly schools out there that are currently in the Big 12 that if the Pac-12 had called them two years ago, they probably would have went. And they chose not to. They chose not to expand. 
they chose to sit pat and the big 12 acted quickly to add those four new schools that start this year, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU. So they start off. But then when Brett Yormark comes in last year, the key here is that they jumped the line in the contract negotiations. And instead of taking their deal open market in 2025, they get a deal done in 2022 with ESPN and Fox, their current partners for the 31.6 million uh, on linear, which has really given them some stability for the next five years and put them in a really favorable position. And so as the Pac-12 struggled to get its TV deal, I think the Big 12's decision to go to market early affected that. And so then you're looking at a Pac-12 that can't get a deal done, and you're looking at schools that are wondering, and their grant of rights is up in 2024, what are we going to do? And the, I think Brett Yormark and the Big 12 leadership put some pressure on those schools. I think Max reported on this pretty extensively. They leaned on Colorado first because they seemed like that was the school that was most attainable. They got them about a week ago. And then once they got Colorado, it's like, okay, who can we get next? Is it Arizona? Can you get Arizona next? If you get Arizona, can you get Arizona State? Can you get Utah? And I think you, Max, you would probably, uh, you know, check me on this, but I think early in the week there was some optimism about Arizona, not as much necessarily about Arizona right. State and Utah. And then when the TV details started to come out and then the instability with Washington, Oregon, possibly going to the Big Ten came, then all of a sudden it became, Arizona State and Utah became a candidate to come and ultimately just made a decision to come over to the Big 12. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think the talking to, to Big 12 people at the start of the week, the, the sense was 14's the right number, that even talking with their TV partners, it seemed like they wanted, you know, ESPN wanted them to be at 14. But there was always kind of the caveat of like, you know, barring a total Pac-12 collapse, basically. And so Big 12 was pretty focused on getting Arizona done. Um, you know, ultimately... You know, after the fact, the the you know the leaders of Arizona and Arizona State have said, well, we never were going to split up. We were always going to stick together in whatever league we were in. So, um, you know, seriously, at on Thursday night, um, like on Thursday night, the Big Twelve voted in Arizona. Like Arizona's going to, you know, we, we're we're going to invite them to be a new member or accept them as a new member. And then Arizona and Arizona State go into this board meeting, um, and and it's a you know we don't know what, what was said and it it went in executive session, but. After that board meeting, it you know when Michael Crow really resisted going to the Big Twelve and leaving the Pac Twelve, I mean it seemed like Pac Twelve might stick together, um, and and that like even Friday morning, folks in the Big Twelve were like, maybe we're not going to get any of these guys, and we're going to have to like go look at UConn, you know. And so um, this was very, I mean, it, it it was nuts, it was nuts to cover, it was nuts to follow for everybody else. How up in the air this was late Thursday night, and then early Friday morning, and I think late Thursday night is probably when the Big Ten. Oregon Washington deal kind of really started to come together. And then first thing we heard in the morning was that it was falling apart. And, um, and then, you know, right as it was time for that um, 7 a.m. Pacific time meeting uh, for the PAC 12 to like vote on the Apple deal and a grant of rights and all that stuff, Oregon Washington pulled out. So it was, I mean, it could have gone either way, really. It seemed like in, in, at the time. And um, I think that it, it, it was, it, it, it's pretty pretty unfathomable, especially for those four that get left behind in, in the pack four now. Like they truly were like seemingly very if if Fox had not stepped in and stepped up for Oregon Washington, like I think the Pac 12 probably would have stuck together. It's like funny, we were having breakfast and you were giving me the updates and you said, Hey, it looks like uh the the Pac-12 was about to sign a grant of rights and, you know, they're all going to be poor together. And I think they're going to be, it's like a band of brothers situation. I'm like, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, 
I, I think the money's probably going to win out here. Uh, I don't know if everybody's <laughs> if that's going to work out. And of course, that's what it did. And, you know, it's like a shame because like I'm happy we just had like that 10 minute discussion about technically what went down. But now I don't know if this can kind of sink into like how we feel about it yet. Like, it's just weird to me that I'm sitting here on Sunday, August 6th. We've had almost 48 hours of breathing room since the news occurred. And like the Pac-12 is going to not exist anymore. Um, you know, well, and the thing it? that... Or yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, the Pac-12 as we the know, it, as we know it. Yeah. Um, um, I think the question, I mean, there's real real uncertainty here. Are they going to go try to add Mountain West schools? Are they, are they going to try to go add American schools? Are, is there some sort of, um, I mean, is it poaching? Is it merger? What's the move? Is George Kliakoff in charge of that league going forward or is somebody else? Like, I think it's very up in the air in terms of, um, you know, in terms of what things look like. And, and certainly we don't really know those, those four main schools. Do they have any options in terms of places they can go? Um, and, and then whatever the Pac-12 puts together, what's that worth in terms of a TV deal? You know, it's, we got a long yeah. way to go in terms of this, uh, the immediate future here of the pack, but certainly it's not, we got one more season of this, which is going to be just absolutely nuts to watch. And then, yeah, the pack, the pack or whatever is left of it will not resemble anything we've seen before. Yeah. They can call it whatever they want. The entire West coast football sphere, the teams that are, are most likely to compete at the highest level and represent that coast uh, are no longer playing in the pack 12. So they, they can go get whoever they want and they can maintain the, the name of it. But as far as I'm concerned, it's gone. Um, and it's like, and it's, it's not hard a, for it's me. not a G it's not a P five, a five kind of conference, whatever. Yeah. Is. It's just yeah. whatever, whatever the P is going to be, it's going to be P three or P four or, you know, however the playoff is going to have to react to all this stuff too, is it's kind of conversations down the line, but it's just like, to me, um, the number one point and thought process that I have for this whole thing, guys, is, you know, for the past two years, we have spent a lot of time having discussions about NIL and how getting money involved into this whole thing um, is going to be the downfall of the sport. And here we are uh, with the adults in the room who have been getting paid the whole time, making wholesale decisions about which conferences teams are going to play in for, uh, while completely disregarding geographical implications of anything in order to maximize television deals and to line their pockets while not asking the student athlete at all whether or not the school all while completely and utterly dismissing the idea of what the consumer of the sport would actually prefer. And I think nine out of 10 people probably hate this. You know, you might have some of the people out there who are, you know, you know, Hey, we've got some more big games coming up because the conferences are, are going to be more robust. You know, it's relegation. If, if you want to think about it that way and you know, the, the feast uh, it's feast or famine and all that stuff. But I think that the product got worse. That's my personal opinion. I think most people do. And I'm like just irritated by the notion that the rich suits are getting paid right now. The kids have to fly from California to Rutgers, you know, to play games, some of which are on a weeknight. Um, the sleep deprivation that it's going to cause and the stress it's going to put on their personal lives uh, and just all the stuff of just like geographical, you know, issues. Well, dude, all and all the non-football sports. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even get started on anything else. Like, yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle it. And so maybe the football, they're going to have to figure out a system where football just kind of separates itself. But it's just like, it stinks. You know, I like we're two weeks away from or three weeks away from football starting. And like, I'm like at the point, and I think I'm going to write a column about this if they let me. But uh, I was coming into the season feeling like I had to savor the last 
the, the nectar of the four-team playoff, that pureness of college football. And it's like, this is the last season of college football as we know it. And that is a really heavy thought process. Like, are you guys with me on this? Or are you just like, oh, here goes the hot take asshole again, you know, losing the <laughs> I, just, I just like, I'm like really, I, my prevailing thought and feeling as a result of this whole week is sadness. No, I, I agree 100%. I was having this conversation earlier today. I was out actually covering a, a football press conference, actually talking about football, uh, which, by the way, we are playing in a few weeks. Uh, games Dude, are I heard, I heard fall camp was going on. I, that blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. <laughs> we, we, we actually have training camp and practices going on. And the thing that we all love the most about this sport, that, that thing has actually happened. And, and I think I'll, I'll say this. All right. I think your overall sentiment I agree with. I do believe there are a lot of there are a lot of fans who are excited about the potential of the matchups because you're going to get a lot of bigger brand programs together more frequently in the conferences. That said, I would argue we could have done that before if people just scheduled better in their non-conference the and were yeah. more willing to to do it as opposed to scheduling one power 5 opponent and then three tomato cans. Uh but that said, I do feel a lot of sadness because guess what? I came from one of these schools that was left out of one of these processes. In 1994, the Southwest Conference decided to, for the top four teams in that league, decided to leave and go join the Big Eight to form the original Big 12. And Houston and TCU and SMU and Rice got left out of it. And they got to flail around in the college football wilderness, uh, TCU for 17 years, uh, Houston for 25 and then Rice and SMU are still outside of the college football power structure when they were part of a historic rich league with lots of tradition and lots of success and lots of championships just like the Pac-12 does and so this is the end result of what you get when TV money drives the sport it's this is a chain reaction that comes back to and I'll give a little bit of a history lesson here the 1984 U.S. Supreme Court decision when Oklahoma and Georgia sued the NCAA to take the NCAA's TV rights, uh, the, the control and regulation of TV from the NCAA and turn it to the schools that allowed the schools and the conferences to negotiate their own deals. And then what you started seeing after that was as they negotiated those deals with no central power structure or no person in charge of the sport to say, hey, this is a good move. This is not. Eventually, you had conferences negotiating their own deals and then eventually leaving other schools behind and eventually leading to the decimation of the Southwest Conference, the WAC, the Big East, uh, and now the Pac-12. So you, we've lost multiple conferences in the last few decades throughout this process. And it does bring me great sadness because the fans of Washington State, the fans of Oregon State, the fans of Stanford and Cal, they didn't do anything to deserve this or not deserve this. They, 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 they are just a victim of circumstance because the folks who run the TV networks feel like those brands are not good enough or not valuable enough to include in whatever the realignment uh, cycle is right now. And if you look at this comment here, Sam, from Josh Mustachio, Ohio State at noon, Michigan State or Michigan at 3.30, Penn State at 7.30, USC at 10.30, then think about that for big TV headliners and all four time slots, what other conference can say that? Like if you are a fan of the Big Ten or a fan of the SEC, um, there are a lot of things that you can wrap your mind around and get like excited about, right? Like that is, you know, there's no question that that is a good good for the conference. But I think that the entire point of this sport, the whole point of sports, really, is to have allegiance to where you're from. <laughs> like you are a fan of your favorite team, 
because of where you live for the most part, unless you're regionality and rivalries. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're nuking rivalries. And like, I think I saw a tweet. I think it showed it's like the apple cup's not going to exist anymore, but at least we're going to get Washington Rutgers. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I, I like, I, I, I feel like with the expanded playoff and the fact that regionality is dying, that the time slot thing that Joe or that Josh just put up there, um, you know, is fun, but like also, there's more playoff spots. There's less uh, consequence for losing and traditional rivalries that we all love watching are gone, you know? And it's like, to me, that's what I'm focusing on. Not the next, and maybe I'm just like an old person now that just can't accept the future, but it's just sad to me. I was like, yeah, those, sad. those, those big games are still going to get huge ratings. And that's the thing is that's what the TV executives see is like, Hey, Ohio state and Oregon is going to get huge ratings. And Texas and Alabama is going to get huge ratings and that's really what they care about. But what it's going to chip away at, it's going to chip away at all those fans in those other conferences as their importance dies down, because essentially we're telling them by making these moves that their football is less important, less valuable. Uh, I hope like hell that, that the, the group of five conferences that we call them, uh, we shouldn't call them that anymore, but but we do. And all those other fans of those programs, I hope they stick with it, and I hope they uh, are still f- passionate fans of those teams. But I can't blame them if they're not because of the way their teams have been treated through this process. All right, can I make the comment? It's going to drive you nuts. Yeah, sure. yeah. I was just going to ask you. It's been you've been so news uh, news focused uh, for all week. Now you've had 24, 48 hours to. to like sink in where do you stand on all this i was gonna point out um remember how important ohio state oregon was in 21 that was a good game yeah it was a good game now now it's just a regular season game and both teams can still make the playoff and it doesn't really matter yeah <laughs> and think about like what i just like i think i just feel like all of the non-conference games for the most part like we want to see big time matchups but yeah it's like texas alabama this year texas tech oregon like all the big games uh, lsu florida state you know, I guess regionality, you know, in some of those games is, is familiar, but it's all about a lot of those non-conference series get canceled because people switch leagues. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, together, you know? it's just a whole mess. Like but how are you one? Yeah. How are I, you doing with it? I, I think um, like we can't, you know, we can't, I say I mentioned it, but like we can't really ignore the, you know, the not so invisible hand in all this. And like I saw. I saw a really bad tweet on Friday from someone kind of pointing to like, oh man, Fox runs the big 10 now. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly, there's definitely a lot of truth to that, that Fox has guided um, the the four PAC 12 schools that are going to the big 10. There's no doubt Fox played a big role in that, but ESPN is doing this stuff too. We can't say it's bad when Fox does it and ESPN isn't doing it right. Like there's no question that on both, you know, ESPN had 13 months in this scenario to step up and make the Pac-12 a reasonable offer that would have kept that conference together. They didn't want to. They didn't want to. Now, they're, they've got their own financial stuff going on, but ultimately for these networks, the, the value for them is consolidation, and that's partly why this is happening. You know, Ultimately, with the Pac-12 being on the open market here, it wasn't just a reflection of what is the Pac-12 worth to us without USC and UCLA. You know, ultimately, the offers or lowball offers or whatever, or non offers or whatever they put forward to the Pac 12 over the past year is a reflection of like, from a business standpoint, it's going to be cheaper to move the more valuable brands or whatever into other leagues and pay them what we're paying the rest. 
and not have to just pay for a whole league and overpay, for, you know, so that the Pac-12 can get more than the Big 12 or whatever. And so that consolidation ultimately is the guiding force in all of this stuff. You wonder someday, I don't necessarily, like from people I've talked to this weekend, like I don't necessarily think we will have like the day come where those networks are like booting Purdue from the Big Ten and things like that. Like I don't think we're going to have take that step necessarily, but oh, I do. It's hard. It's hard not to like see this. I was going to say, I don't know if I actually happen every yeah. year and think that like, you know, we are heading towards maybe maybe we were like the fear mongering of two years ago. Maybe it was like right. Maybe we are heading mm-hmm. towards a, a future here where you know there's there's two super leagues or mega leagues or whatever you know super conferences whatever you want to call them and that's backed by espn and fox and and that's they're the ones who play the the postseason and they're the ones that get all the money and they're the ones that can afford to share revenue with the the student athlete and stuff i I don't know it's maybe we were on the right track a couple years ago and wondering if this was going to head in that direction and i guess we'll see with the fate of the acc like maybe that is you know if, if those two leagues just end up drafting the ACC schools, then like we're, we're almost there basically. Yeah. And I think the number one thing with the expanded playoff was that at least with all of the realignment happening, that at least it was going to preserve automatic bids for some of these conferences so that certain programs or certain regions didn't get left out. And now I'm wondering too, with this whole thing where we're headed into that direction, Max and Sam, like, are we like, there's four teams right now that I know are left out, you know, are they going to, are the leftovers from the ACC when that, inevitable day comes whether it's in two months or 10 years um are they going to be left out like are we going to start alienating fan bases from programs that no longer get a piece of the pie like are in are we going to have a discussion i think russ dellinger reported that the college football playoff is open to discussing potential changes to the system and it's just like i don't know it feels to me like we are at like change overload for a two-year period yeah, I, I, I do think, to respond to what Max was saying, I do think we're a lot closer to a Super League than we ever have been. And I, I do have a fear that we're going to get there. Uh, you, you talked about the 12-team playoff. That was a thing that gave me some hope because it gave some access to a lot of other schools and conferences that weren't otherwise going to have it. And now I can't imagine the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be okay with just having one automatic bid considering where their leagues stand now. And, and to, to ask, yeah, never Purdue and, right. To Purdue and Rutgers and Indiana Northwestern, or if you're in the sec or Vanderbilt, are they going to push them aside eventually? Or the, are the TV networks going to induce them to, to get kicked to the side? I, I think it's hard to say that it will happen with any definitive uh, certainty, but I think history shows us that, yeah, if, if TV is still driving the bus in this way, then, yeah, I do, do have a fear that, that those programs that don't get the huge ratings in those already made conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC are going to end up getting the boot and will end up having what essentially was the Super League in European soccer that got squashed because the fans rolled it against it. I have a fear that we're going to get to that point here in college football in maybe five or 10 years, possibly probably probably will take another cycle of TV deals before it happens. But I have a real fear of that. I think the, the, the one thing I would say is if that does happen, does that cause a recalibration of everything? And does everybody who's not in it go back to regional conferences and go back to regional rivalries? And there would be some charm in that, but gosh, it would be a hell of a price to pay to get there. Well, think about this. What you know, the, the Florida State stuff last week 
is not just like a red herring that's going on with all this other stuff going on. Like obviously Florida state is like not hiding at all their true feelings on their, the insecurity about falling way behind the sec and the big 10 from a revenue standpoint and feeling like they need to get out of the ACC. But guys, what's, what's more likely ESPN and other people come in and say, okay, we're going to give the ACC a lot more money. We're going to give the, the top schools in the ACC a lot more money. Or they say, okay, fine. If you want to bail in this conference, then go to this conference where we can pay you more. Like mm-hmm. ultimately, especially when a, when a deal's locked in till 36 and, and it's controlled, you know, ESPN controls all of this. Like, I, 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 what, what are we, you know, that you see the stuff about taking private equity and stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm not sure what other options there really are for Florida State than basically, you know, become a free agent and try and go to one of those leagues, which they're clearly threatening to do. Yeah. And when it comes to the lower tier teams like Vanderbilt, Indiana, and Rutgers, and teams that are just kind of in the right place at the right time or, or have been for a while, my question to you guys and, and back to you specifically, Sam, is, you know, at what point will the revenue advantage that they are receiving, they are making more money than most other programs in the country outside of the two conferences they play in, um, use that money to become a place that's much more competitive across the board. You know, it's like Indiana and, and Rutgers have been lining their pockets in the Big Ten for the past 10 years, and it's just kind of weird to me that they're still behind other teams and other conferences that don't make as much or don't have as much to invest. Um, and that, to me, is always like, where are the taxes going? That's what I ask when you know, I pay my <laughs> big tax bill. I can't, you know, where are my taxes going? You know, that. so that <laughs> is a, a thought process, too, of like maybe Purdue and Indiana and all these teams in 10 years by getting this windfall of Big Ten money will actually become – more sought after jobs, uh, you know, more stable environments and more likely to be good at football. It doesn't mean they're going to go win the conference, but maybe they'll just be better uh, and get more money. And I mean, more ratings and all that stuff. Like that's the thought process is like, if you're in this league, then you should be getting better. And if you're not, then maybe that's the real, you know, uh, realignment situation where they'll be asked to leave later on in the future. I don't know how that's going to go, but I do know that like it does seem to be heading in that direction. And like if you are afraid of the AFC NFCing of college football, like this seems to be the inevitable pathway. Cause I don't know, like, are we going to get the rest of the year now to enjoy the sport or is this going to keep going on? Like what's next and when, when I, is next? I guess the only thing that I would say that gives me a little small glimmer of hope is the fact that we are at this point now because the Pac-12 couldn't garner a TV deal. I wonder if the sports right bubble is bursting a little bit because for so many years, the networks kept paying more and more and more for live television rights and live sports rights and all these conferences and kept going up. And I heard some quote uh, recently from Larry Scott back in 2018 when he was talking about the Pac-12 deal and how it was going to come in 2024 and how much more the sports rights would be by that time. But look at now. Now they're becoming more selective in what inventory they get. If you're the NFL, the money's going to be there. If you're in the NBA, the money's going to be there. But if you're SEC in the Big Ten, I guess the money's going to be there. But everybody else, who's to say? Because And, and so as ESPN goes through cost-cutting and if Fox is getting more selective on its properties, does that... Dude, dude, the Big 12 just re-upping and staying out of it was, was ultimately... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a very safe thing to do because I don't think any... I think if you watch the Pac-12 stuff play out... I can't imagine there's anyone in the Bay 12 who's like, I'm curious, would we have made more money on the open market? Like, probably not. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I wonder if if the money's going to just stagnate and if it's going to stay level, then maybe that slows some of this down. I don't know. That's that's kind of the only uh, 
The funniest thing about slowing it down, though, is is that it's already ripped to shreds. It is. Like, when you have three teams left that are, like, traditional blue blood programs that aren't a part of one of the two major conferences now, who are they? Clemson, I guess, now that what they are, Florida State and Miami? Florida State, Am I missing anyone? No, that's it. It's, like, over. It's already happened. Yeah. 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 Like, there's, like, what's next isn't scary. It's already happened. (laughs) <laughs> it is but I, I think it could get worse like i said i think, I think but what it could would worse look like to you like 25 teams or 30 teams in one league you just like, take like the, make the best 30, of the sec te- the best of the big 10 and 30 teams florida State, if clemson the time and, comes where yeah. clemson florida state and miami join those two conferences it's like what's left of the rest of the sport at that point that's it yeah that's essentially it but then they break off from everybody else and then then we have essentially like I, I think I, re- I actually read it. I was doing some research on the story. There was one time, I think a group of like fifty or sixty schools in Division One, like thirty years ago, talked about a Division Four, and it was going to be essentially like a Super League. And that's that's the, I guess the next iteration of it. But yeah, I think this might be a discussion for another day. But if you are uh, one of these people who thinks there needs to be a louder discussion about whether or not television rights and revenue sharing should go to the athletes. Uh, this is a pretty <laughs> terrible day to be one of the conferences. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine while you're licking, <laughs> not licking. I mean, I would be licking if I got paid that much, but uh, <laughs> you know, all this cash coming in, just pull the, yeah. pull the thing down. It's like, what ground do you have to stand on now? to like not engage in that discussion. Totally. Yeah. All all the, the all the work they've done to beg DC to fix this for them, because they act, they're acting like NIL is a disaster. It's like, come on. In one week, it's gone. There's no there's no more discussion. They <laughs> they literally got rid of the whole talking point in what forty eight hours to get because agreed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and trust me, being you know, I went to DC this summer for Arizona's um, Future of College Athletics event, um, and that was at a time when when there was a real like rush, like, Oh, we really got to be lobbying these DC folks. We really got to get some legislation going And There has been some sense, but you could tell the vibe in the room is everyone was terrified of the threat of this bill out of California that would require revenue sharing with student athlete. I mean, that, that is the number one fear for these guys above all else. And does it contribute to like what, you know, where these schools choose to go? Um, I think it definitely does. Like th- knowing that that's down the road here because these athletic departments are not, they have so much debt. They are not built for that kind of a model uh, intentionally. And, uh, and that's going to be a big problem down the road. Um, and so that's, but, but you're absolutely right. When you make these kinds of decisions, these kinds of, you know, think, decisions that are, are sort of, it's not illogical, but it's like, it just doesn't, there's no actual fit to it other than the money. Like it's, it, it, it certainly undercuts your, the argument that you've been complaining about for a long time now. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think that for the most part, athletes just want to go to a school that they like and play football and try to make it to the NFL. So I don't know yeah. if they're really wound up about what conference they play in. I but think like some outrage travel- over kids getting paid to go to schools that they don't want to go to. Like that is, we literally just saw that happen a few times last week in terms of schools yeah. going to going to conferences they're not particularly aiming to go to, but they feel like yeah, they Arizona have- State didn't seem too particularly excited to go to the, to the Big 12. I mean, you should read that statement from Crow. Just like uh, we really, 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 really like the Pac-12. We really, really, really tried to hold it together. I believe that we, we um, tried. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I guess we'll just go over here now because there's no other choice. You have to follow the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So let me let me ask you guys this: Do you think any fans like this, or do you think everybody's just like in the same boat of 
disgust and sadness. Yeah, I think I think there are some fans who like it because I, I think there are. Let's let's not let's not deny that the quality of the football is going to be really good. Like like when we saw Texas and OU go to the SEC, one of the things that we remarked first we took our jaws off the floor because we were stunned that it happened, and you know there was some existential. Uh, crisis going on then too because i think we we're all concerned starting to get concerned about what this could be but when you look at the football standpoint of it man that's some really exciting matchups and when you add oregon and washington to the big 10 there's gonna be some really exciting matchups and the, the big 12 really looks i mean it was already competitive and uh nice from top to bottom and it's gonna be even more robust when you add these pac-12 schools in the mix so i think that w- once we get to the games i think the fans will be okay at least on saturdays but it's it's the in-between, and I would say the majority of the fans and the sentiment that I'm hearing these last few days, yes, the majority of the fans are sad and upset by this, but I'm not going to act like it's it's all doom and gloom. There are some fans that are excited about seeing these potential you know, robust matchups that we're going to get with more frequency. Again, back to what I said, because they weren't scheduling them in the non-conference as frequently as they should, so now we're going to get them because they're going to be forced to play each other because in the same league. So I think there is some positivity on it, but... Yeah, I we, would say we by haven't and large. talked about the sleeping giant that is the University of Arizona joining the Big 12. Like, what do you think, <laughs> Mr. Arizona grad? You know, I don't know if I'm, like, just kind of hit a little bit differently with this whole news or, like, sadness of the Pac-12s not existing anymore or being called the Pac-12 when it's not the Pac-12. But you got to remember, I grew up in the Pac-12 footprint. So I went to school and, and did student newspaper and was a student journalist at the Pac-12 schools. You know, like USC and Arizona and ASU and all these teams like that was my childhood. Um, And, you know, I understand that Arizona, listen, what were they doing? Uh, If you would have asked the uh, everybody involved at U of A, if they would have rather stayed in the Pac-12, if it were up to them, they probably would have. But it was simple self-preservation at this point. You know, the TV deal at the Pac-12 wasn't getting the numbers that they wanted to. Uh, There was uncertainty about whether or not the conference would stay together. They didn't know what Oregon and Washington were prepared to do or if the Big Ten wanted to take them. And they found a life raft and they got on the life raft. So, like, what do I think about it? I think it stinks, but I understand exactly why they did it. I understand why everybody did what they did. And it's funny because, like, the the lawsuit that Sam was, you know, talking about earlier where the uh, conferences were able to negotiate their own TV deals, you know, you also have – conferences flirting with schools and individual schools making decisions based on self-preservation that go a long way in determining the entire conference's value and thus whether or not they could stay together so it's like it didn't just go down to the conferences it went down to individual schools that were able to you know make these decisions and and one domino leads to another one falling and another one falling and now the entire conference doesn't exist it's terrifying and now you get arizona west virginia and arizona (laughs) ucl yeah i don't even know like unbelievable matchup listen (laughs) <laughs> I'm, my opinion when it comes to air travel is this. If you're getting on a plane and you're flying an hour and a half, it's really not that much different than if you're flying two and a half hours. But like when you think about the travel every single week for a lot of these places, like I have no idea how the human body at USC is going to be able to react to that. Like you're flying to, you know, maybe they'll do them some favors, but it's like I read a stat the other They're day. They're going to have to buy like, nicer planes, right? You're going to have to just everyone's <laughs> upgrade like, well, good the experience for- in every other way. The Big Ten, they've got three other or two other assets now on the West Coast that they they can play games with and kind of cut the cut the. We're the already doing that. Body in the clock. 12. <laughs> but yeah. 
isn't Oregon somebody said that Oregon to LA is like as far away as LA to Nebraska. Like I don't know, I don't know the math on that. Everybody who's listening to the show knows I'm terrible with geography, but like it's pretty far away up there. What's that? A tw- yeah, terrible at geography, map, college football takes, uh, calorie counting, and whatever else you want to say. I've, I've heard it all. Uh, but Gambling. it's not like going to Oregon's an easy trip either. You know, like they have one crosstown game. Um, but like I just like think like U of A's football team, at least the U of A football team that I kind of grew up watching. Of like. Are they going to go fly all the way to West Virginia to be a 31 point underdog? Like it just, it just blows my mind. Now, Jed Fish is, you know, racking up some, some commitments here. And maybe they're going to be a lot better here in the next few years. But it's just why, 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 why? It's not for us. It's not for the players. It's not for the fans. It's just for the, the people up there. That's all it is. When I say why, and dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, dollar dollar B, y'all. Um, that's that's it. everything so, around me. Um, okay, so here's what we can do we can do some winners and losers. But I did, uh, John Hayes, our producer, told me to crowdsource some some hot <laughs> takes, uh, or what is your main takeaway? I can read some of these to you and we can go through a few of them if you want. Yeah, I was reading through it. them, they, they were not as hot as I expected. They're pretty, yeah. Pretty- we have a very reasonable and, and sensible audience here, you know? Yeah, I didn't say, I, I think I, I was smart because I didn't say, let me hear your hot take. I said, what is your main realignment take? Um, here's one with all of, from Doug Brown, uh, at Doug underscore Brown with a weird Russian symbol in the middle somewhere. <laughs> with all of these realignment, with all this realignment, my question is, what is stopping television networks from just outright buying conferences essentially? Could ESPN start pumping NIL money into the ACC to make teams better and therefore make their investment in the conferences more lucrative? That That's seems a, a little bit out there. But so it that's seems a- out there. I don't even know if there's some conflict of interest stuff there, but like I just thought I would throw it out there because it's a podcast and we're having fun. I mean, we're talking we're talking about Saudi money possibly coming in for Florida State, right? You know, yeah. like Dave on the phone here. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh yeah, David Ubman did a great story on that the other by the way, about uh college football possibility. Well, let me ask PIF you if, if NIL goes in house, what's the difference? I don't know. Like right now we can't do, you know, internal fundraising for NIL or whatever. Right. But if that day comes that they say, you know, the collective model is inefficient and we should just allow, allow this stuff to be done, allow a collective to operate within an athletic department, basically. Then, then isn't that, aren't aren't, aren't we using TV money for that? Yeah, We're using TV money for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, they kind of own the conferences as it is right now. I mean, the, ESPN has all the rights yeah. for the SEC. They have all the rights yeah. for the ACC. Uh, you know, obviously Fox has a large portion of the Big Ten. I mean, it's not, they don't own them in the way I think that Doug is putting it, but for all intents and purposes, we're making all these moves for TV. So um, what's stopping them from getting involved in NIL? I guess nothing at this point. But uh, yeah, could, could it become a war between networks for the conferences? I think some fans would probably argue that we were already there. Yep. Okay, here's one from uh, Jacob Nave at JNA77. I plan, and this might be the nut graph of my column that I'm going to try to write, but I plan on cherishing the next year of college football because with the current economics of media companies slash streaming and the behavior of the universities and conferences, it seems inevitable that college football is a 20 to 25 school super league in the 2030s, and my alma mater, South Carolina, is left out of it. Do you think that that could happen with even teams that are got a seat at the table right now aren't a part of that conference? It's like, think about it. Like you might be South Carolina or Vandy or one of these other teams in the big 10 who's like sitting there like Daffy duck counting his money. But like, is the bear coming for them too? possibly? I mean, Stanford just got left out. You know how good Stanford was 
just better than Colorado ago. recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stanford football was very good. And Stanford as a complete athletics department is the best. I mean, just from top to bottom, the they Olympic win a lot of those director's standpoint. cups. Yeah. That I mean, that, yeah, absolutely. It could happen. Absolutely. And I, it's a, hey, it pains me to say that. I don't want it to, but yeah, it's absolutely could happen. I mean, if we're talking about a 30, 30 school super conference, talking about more than half of the current power five, just getting left out of that. Right. And I think in that world, and actually I've, I've talked with, I've talked to coaches about this before. I think in that world, the 30 are extremely rich and everybody else that isn't in that club is just trying to hang on from a financial standpoint. It might not even and be playing part in a, of and basically completely playing in a different, playing in a different sport. I mean, from from recruiting and uh, you know just budgets and everything. If you want to talk about lobbying for congressional and federal intervention, that's what you need it for is to stop something like that. And I don't even know if that's possible. But forget nil. That's what you know. We need to prevent from happening. Nobody like, in so charge. Probably, we got nobody in charge. There, to prevent there's nobody that. in charge of the sport. Yeah. It's the conference commissioners. At Matt Loves Final, Matthew C. I'm sad. All the things that make college football better than the NFL, the regionality and the tradition and variety are being sacrificed to ESPN and Fox. And it's like no one remembers what happened to NASCAR, a once regional sport that did the same thing and now is less popular than it was in 1992. I don't know anything about NASCAR, uh, but it is. I, I kind of understand kind of what it's getting at. And it's like, to me, the thought process, and I think I said this to you at the airport yesterday, Max, but the television money that's causing all of this stuff is supported by all the fans who watch it, right? And the television money that's able to be doled out to the Big Ten and the SEC and the conferences that are expanding are predicated based on all the people like me, you, and the people in this chat watching the channel. But as they're making these changes, they are dismissing what the preference is of the people who actually support their channels. It's this weird circle of we have all this money because of the people down here, but we're going to make wholesale changes up here without considering whether or not the people who are paying our bills and causing us to be this lucrative actually like it. And I wonder if you keep tugging at that string long enough and you keep messing with people who actually like the sport the way it is, if there is a avenue or a reality that actually turns into less people watching the sport. Because if you take the top 30 teams, right, and you make a super conference and you get rid of the 30 bottom half of the – that's a lot of a lot of eyeballs. It's 100, 100 FPS. That's a lot of eyeballs. Chopping off. You know, at a certain point <laughs> – yeah. and, and like and when I was co-hosting the show with Andy, like his number one thing was, it's football. We're going to watch it no matter what. Everybody loves it. Who cares if you like it? It's football. And it's like I subscribe to that to a certain extent, but I do think that there is a pathway where if you insult and leave out – half of the current power five where people are going to become less and less more. You think the sports lopsided now wait till there's no other teams that are even in the discussion before the season starts. Yeah. And I think the thing is, it was basically, we talk about, it, it, we talk about the regionality. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. We, we talk about the regionality rivalries. The other thing that college football is built on or college sports is built on is hope is even though we know in our heart of hearts that it's hard for, if you're not one of those 15 to 20 teams that recruits at a high level year in and year out, there's still that hope that you could be like TCU last year who comes mm -hmm. out of nowhere and makes a run to the national championship game or back, you know, 20 years ago, makes a run to a Rose bowl or makes a, makes a run to whatever big bowl there is. 
And TCU would be you, a team that gets left out of that, and they played exactly, for a national title last exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. So if you go okay. to a Super League, you 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 eliminate any hope because you're not part of it. You're essentially legislated okay, out right. of the competition. I, I'm sorry, I have to do this. And Ari, I'm not I'm not saying this to dunk on you by any means, but I want to ask go you ahead. as we talk about this, as we as we arrive at this talking point. Come on, boom, dunk on me, bud. <laughs> I'm scared. As Mr. Stars Matter, <laughs> who looks at this and says there's only a select group of schools. That can yeah. win a national championship and and are most relevant to your interest in this sport. Are you starting to see maybe a little bit about how if this were just a thirty school sport, it would not be as fun for everybody else? Yeah, that's a real. I knew you were going to ask that because I've actually had this thought to myself, <laughs> and I should probably like take this. That's forty eight minutes and thirty one seconds, and I'll like actually write that down because I think it's worth talking about. That is a very good point, and I think that I'm happy that you asked that. But the thing that is different about scenario b from the current scenario is that in, in this current scenario anybody can invest in their program hire the right coach and try to build something by removing them completely from the equation they don't even get to be in the sport like right. that is way and obviously way more dramatic but like some of the most heartwarming um discussion point or discussion points coming into the last five years is michigan's emergence now and Clemson's emergence from good program to elite level program. And, you know, I'm sure that those would have been the top 30 anyway, but they did make a transformation. There are programs that make it and there are upsets that happen. And also too, like you know, with the, before the playoff was expanded, it was those bottom 30 teams in the power five that were doing the upsets that mattered. Like they, they, they still had their role in the sport. Like mm -hmm. it's not like, remember when upsets yeah. used to matter? Yeah. Before the playoff got expanded, it was the shitty teams at the bottom of the map that were the ones winning the games that everybody tuned in to watch. And now they're going to be gone, so you're just going to play 30 teams that are really, really good, and there's no such thing as an upset anymore? I remember like Everybody Oregon has their State. role on the food chain. I remember Oregon State upsetting number one USC on a Thursday night in 2008 that rocked the Pete Carroll era Trojans. You know, uh, Stanford has ruined yeah, many a say, season. I was, I was uh, at a bar at Arizona. Uh, watching the Stanford upset, the Harbaugh Stanford upset of USC when it was like a 41 point underdog. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I like the having a sport where there's 38 point underdogs, you know? And I like <laughs> watching people try to build something. Yep. Think about how much bandwidth is taken up on these podcasts every year, Max, of discussing which teams, like, you know, Max, uh, Sam and I just did a podcast buying and selling programs there's a lot of programs in there that you could buy and sell that might not have been a discussion point 10 years ago so yeah. yes it, it, i do understand the thing we tend to yeah. talk about of like I, I i can understand why a lot of people maybe look at the sport and say the most interesting thing to them is kind of like who who wins the national championship who can who makes the playoff who who are the real true top of the top of the heap contenders and stuff but that that also like kind of leads to this sort of extreme outcome we're heading towards potentially where the tv networks are embracing that that like only two of these leagues and mm -hmm. only a small group of these schools actually matter to them yeah yeah just not really what we're too, for, because i would be it'd be curious too of like how much like it correlates between television rankings in terms of viewership line up with recruiting rankings and i bet you there'd be a lot of overlap there you know, mm -hmm. of the most watched teams also tend to recruit the best and vice versa. And, you know, there is a certain class to the sport that's a class and then there's B and C and then, you know, the little sisters of the poor, as e. Gordon Gee once said, um, that's well, I can said, tell you as a Nebraska and, grad when they when Nebraska was one of the few schools on TV all the time that didn't very much help the recruiting. Yeah. 
Keith Brakebill here, though, there's just a huge difference in interest between having a lottery ticket chance and literally yeah. no chance because you're not a part of it. And I like improbable versus impossible. Yeah, I but agree. Yeah. I will extend an olive branch here, Max, and I will say that I understand why I irritate a lot of people and why when I say, you know, stars matter and there's no way TCU can beat Georgia, even if it's true, they feel like I'm alienating their team. But, you know, as we all know, too, there's different versions of success for every single program. And that's something that I have to work on. It's not just national championship or bust for everybody. Um, and like some of the things that I think about at night when I'm staring up at my ceiling fan is, should I have written a column taking a shit on TCU after they got their ass kicked by, <laughs> by Georgia? Or should I have maybe written a column congratulating them on a season that they'll never forget? You know, like that to me is kind of the things that I'm trying to work through of like, I should have written a ha ha. I told you so. If you don't have the talent, you can't win that game. I probably should have spent more time appreciating what Sonny Dykes and his staff did in order to put his team in a position to be four quarters away from a national championship. When it, because if you would have asked me going into the last year, is TCU going to play for a national championship? I would have laughed in your face. You know, so like there is a lot of personal growth that I am keenly aware of that needs to occur, especially as we continue to you know, expand I mean, this podcast and talk about everybody else. And it's a good question. I'm happy you asked it. Look, look, your ability to write a column in 20 minutes, that's a gift and a curse sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just aren't capable of that. Yeah. I don't know, man. There, you know, like I told you yesterday and I tell everybody, nobody gets everything, you know? Well, while we're doing mea culpa, hey, but, I'll do one. I'll do one real said. quick. Cause yeah, Ari, 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 Ari was uh, very self-deprecating there on his, evolution of his thoughts on this and i have always been or at least since i started covering the sport which is about 12 13 years ago i've been a big proponent of the expanded playoff and honestly i was a proponent of the 16 team back when dan wetzel wrote the book death to the bcs mm -hmm. uh, and laid out the 16 team plan back when there were 11 fbs conferences 11 conference champions five at larges i was like this is perfect we should do this i will admit that the unhealthy focus on the playoff, I think, has hurt the sport because for the longest time, this sport has existed and the national champion was just a bit part of it because, you know, we had the polls and I'm not saying we should go back to the polls or the BCS necessarily, but just because you didn't win the national championship, it didn't mean that you had a bad season. There was if you got to a Rose Bowl or if you got to the Cotton Bowl or you got to the Sugar Bowl or even if some teams you just got too able, then that was a good season. And I do think the move to the 14 playoff has affected that. And I think the move to the 12 team playoff, as much as I was a fan of it, and I think it was necessary because of how much power is concentrated at the top of the sport. I thought it was necessary to expand that playoff to improve the access, but I think it has created a hyper focus on the national champion and the chase for the national championship in a way that I think is unhealthy for the sport and has helped contribute. It's not the reason. The reason these conference moves have been made have been TV dollars, but to act like that the playoff hasn't been a contributing factor to that, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, and I think it is. There, there was a good – I was reading your replies on, on Twitter here, Ari. Um, we were asking for yeah. real alignment takes. There's a good one here from Matt. His handle is at Red Sox M Texas. I'll throw to you guys. Would you rather be a Rutgers fan or a Wazoo fan right now? Uh, I'd still I'd rather, rather be Wazoo. Fan. I'd wa what? Wazoo. I'd rather be Wazoo right now. What what hope do you like? What has Rutgers done, or since they've been in the Big Ten, to give you any hope that they'll have any success in that league? And I think they're in a like I said, we're I'd rather about the be able league. to play than stink. I don't that. You'd but that, be the Washington State's not going to stink. 
Yeah. That, like, are, are, how much? How many wins is all that money buying Rutgers right now? Whereas I Wazoo, say you, you'd rather it, be rich and four and eight. You know, basically, yeah. with, as the Big Ten gets tougher and tougher and tougher. If Wazoo, if Wazoo is in the Mountain West, they're going to take a massive financial hit, obviously. But guess what? They'll still be a pretty good program because they still got passion to fans and they still are a good program. So, would you rather be better in an irrelevant conference, or would you rather be crappy in a good conference? I think is a good question. I'd rather um, be good. I I would win. rather winning have, is fun. I'd rather go to a place that makes a ton of money and hope that one day I could have like a repeat of the Shiano teams that you know shook people. Like I feel like one out of nowhere really good year in a conference that's really good is worth more than winning a, lo- a lesser tier conference one uh, once every th- two years, you know? Um, but that is just my personal opinion. I'd rather be in the arena than looking outside of the arena. Yeah, oh, could, do you think the, will that. the world be rooting for Oregon state to win the Pac-12 this year? I think Washington so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I think I would just DJU. make it worse though. Let's go. I mean, Oregon State had an awesome year last year. Like that would be yeah. pretty incredible. And are made. maybe going to be really good this year, which uh, I'm excited about talking about as we continue to preview the season and and football. Max, do you think this week we can talk about football, or do you think we're going to get more Florida State grab ass? <laughs> honestly, after covering this for 12 months, 13 months, whatever it is, yeah, like no. I honestly don't even really have any patience for Florida State and some of the ACC stuff. Like I don't have bandwidth <laughs> like, for it. You we know? just like, like pipe I'm, down. Yeah, I'm a, I'm amazed. I, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm gonna book, dude. I'm gonna book such a good vacation next summer too because I didn't even take one this year because all this stuff was like active and I just didn't. I wish I could have just like gone away off the grid for a week, but it felt really risky. So yeah, we, we got to do it big next year and hopefully. I also let me just say I would love to tell you guys. You know, we got to we got to sort out what happens to the rest of the pack schools mm-hmm. and, and the, the that conference period. Obviously, there's still and scheduling and what it's all going to look like next year. I, I, yeah. I would love to say that this is the end of this round of it until 2030 or whatever, when the next TV deals are up. I'd love to say that. But like, I think we all know that's probably not true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening every the good summer news is, is that it can't get any more shocking. It's like unless Miami yeah, joins the Mountain West, like what's going to happen? Miami, Florida <laughs> State, and uh, Miami, Florida State, and Clemson join the SEC. Like, it's like okay, we got Notre it. Notre Dame like, knows, like, pops yeah. into the Big Twelve. That, that yeah, I mean, what else yeah. is out there at this point? You know? Yeah, it's like it, there's nothing really. There's no more like you know whiteboards with lines in eighteen different directions. It's like we're at the end of the road here. So, um, I do appreciate you guys joining me to unpack this stuff. I don't know if we got deep or if we just hit the surface. You know, I really don't know if people who listen to the show or listen to college football podcasts are annoyed by having to talk about this and just want to talk about football, but it's a necessity to have. And I appreciate it. If you are in the, the group of people who uh, would probably rather talk about football that you put up with us and understood that this is an important discussion because, you know, the entire balance of the way that the sport or the the way the sport's going to look is hanging in the balance. So um, Sam and Max, thanks so much for joining us uh, on your Sunday that means a lot to me. I thought it was a pretty solid episode, and we will get back to talking about football this week, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, before you guys go, be sure to subscribe uh, to Until Saturday in your podcast feed, whether that's athletic, uh, whether that's Amazon, Apple, Stitcher, Google, whatever you get. 
like it, review it. It helps us um, continue to grow and, and capture a larger audience. And of course, if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link to the YouTube channel can be found in the show's description. Um, I'm super psyched about this season. I'm going to cherish it. You know, like in, in uh, Billy Madison, where the kid looks up to, to Billy and he goes, gee, Billy, I can't wait till I get to go to high school. High school. Cherish it. <laughs> Stay as long Don't as you, you can. you say that? <laughs> cherish it. Cherish we're going to enjoy this last season of, of purity. Um, and we're going to preview it all throughout the rest of the month. And, of course, go to the games um, throughout the season, Saturday night li- uh, live shows, everything that we have you know, promised we're going to deliver. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you this week until Saturday. Thank you.